Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Hannah Laux. I work with uh, government relations here uh, on the NSDA team. Uh, we're very excited to have everyone this afternoon. Um, so thank you for joining our flash webinar. This will be a panel discussion. So uh, it might look a little different than other webinars you've attended in the past. Um, so in considering that it's a panel discussion, we're going to keep all of our attendees on mute for now until a question and answer portion at the end. Um, we will then unmute everyone, so feel free to ask questions at that point um, for our two panelists. Um, in the meantime, though, if you do have questions, uh, there is a question box in your um, tab. Feel free to send those our way, and, and we, can, um, we can read those aloud for you. Uh, so Without further ado, uh, joining me here today is Erin Hretzky. Uh, she's the Diabetes Prevention Program Coordinator for the American Association for Diabetes Educators, and Fred Bennett, who's the owner and operator of Fishing Creek Transportation. So Fred and Erin have graciously volunteered their time to talk about the importance of diabetes awareness and ensuring driver health and fitness for duty. Uh, so for NSTA members, you have access to grant-funded pre-diabetes education for your employees through a limited program with the AADE. So Fred and Aaron are here to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, thank you, Fred and Aaron, for, for being with us. Erin, um, let's kick this off. And, and can you explain to me a little bit about the AADE and what it is you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much, Hannah, for having um, both Fred and I on today. Um, I work for the American Association of Diabetes Educators, which is a member-based organization um, that's dedicated to improving di diabetes, prediabetes, and cardiometabolic care. Um, we have a large membership base, about 14,000 members that are made up of nurses, registered dietitians, pharmacists, and physicians. And we provide our members with a variety of educational tools and uh, support, including webinars and live courses. Um, and in addition, are one of two accrediting bodies for diabetes self-management programs. Um, so with that, um, we actually, a few years back, surveyed our membership base just to see um, the kind of work that they were doing and found that a lot of our members were already providing preventative care and services to some of their patients. So in 2012, AADE uh, submitted a proposal to get a grant from the Centers from of Disease Control and Prevention um, to help ex uh, scale and sustain the National Diabetes Prevention Program across the nation. Um, so that was from 2012 to 2016, we were awarded this grant, um, and AADE worked with 55 organizations across 17 to put up these uh, diabetes prevention programs. Um, with the end of that cooperative agreement, we actually were awarded another five-year um, grant in 1717, um, the 1705, and this was really focused on scaling the National Diabetes Prevention Program to underserved communities with little or no access to CDC-recognized programs um, and engaging with priority populations, so really working with Medicare beneficiaries, men, um, African-Americans, Hispanic and Latino communities. 
Um, so you've, you've mentioned the National Diabetes Prevention Program a few times. Uh, can you elaborate on what the, exactly that is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the National Diabetes Prevention Program, um, which is also referred to as the National DPP, was created in 2010 to address the increasing burden of prediabetes and type 2 diabetes in the United States. Um, so this is a national effort create, um, that created partnerships between public and private organizations to offer this evidence-based cost-effective intervention um, to help individuals that were at risk of developing type 2 diabetes um, to prevent it. Um, at the heart of this program is the Lifestyle Change uh, Program. It's called the Prevent T2. Um, and this really focuses on teaching participants how to make lasting lifestyle changes. Um, so the curriculum isn't built to, you know, encourage everyone to run a marathon or only eat salad. Um, it really just teaches you how to, you know, get exercise in your life, um, 150 minutes of physical activity a week, um, to eat healthy, how to cope with stress, um, how to deal with, like, really hard times in life, um, and just improve those coping skills. And one of the large goals of the National DPP is to offer everyone, including, you know, school bus drivers and their friends and their family, an opportunity to uh join in and participate in a program like this that's not only affordable, but it's also high quality and will really teach you how to improve your health overall. Um, and the way that the National DPP is set up is it can be delivered in one of two ways, um, one of them being in person and one of them being online. So across the nation, there's about 1,700 uh, DPP sites. You can actually go and look on the CDC's website, type in your zip code, and see if there's an in-person class near you. Um, and it could be at like a community center, a hospital, a YMCA. Um, but for those that are on the move more and they might not have access to be able to meet with a class um, once a week, um, there's also a virtual option. Um, and this right now, um, we actually at AAD have partnered with Omada Health um, to give this program to uh, individuals holding their CDL. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. So can you um, explain to the group what exactly is prediabetes and why it's something we should be taking seriously? Um, is there anyone in particular that may be at risk for either prediabetes or type 2 diabetes? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so prediabetes is something that's, you know, the awareness is still uh, continuing to be made to providers and individuals, but it's a serious health condition where your blood sugar is higher than normal, um, but not yet high enough to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So you're kind of in this weird in-between phase where you don't need to take insulin or these medications, but if you don't do something about it, you're at risk of developing type 2 diabetes, which can, you know, damage your body and cause really serious health problems like heart disease, vision loss, and kidney disease. Um, it's estimated that 84 million Americans in the United States have prediabetes. That's one out of three. And if nothing is done, a lot of those individuals within five years will go on to develop type 2 diabetes. 
Um, there's a variety of risk factors involved, including if you have an overweight BMI, so body mass index, um, if your age is an indicator, so if you're 45 years or older, um, family history and genetics, so if your parents have type 2 diabetes, if you have siblings, um, if you're not physically active, you're not seeing yourself, you know, get out walking um, three times a week or more. And then other things that, you know, you can't really help your race, ethnicity. Um, a lot of times um, individuals that are Hispanic or Latino, American Indian, Pacific Islanders, African American have a higher risk. Um, and then also certain occupations. So, you know, if you're sitting around all day, people at desk jobs, um, they might be more at risk. But especially those um, that hold their CDL. Uh, they particularly have a high risk of developing pre-diabetes that would later go on to type 2 diabetes. Um, and for a lot of those individuals, um, they just have a greater chance to form chronic diseases and health conditions such as heart disease, hypertension, obesity, compared to the average U.S. working adult. Wow. Um, so, Erin, you mentioned CDL drivers are at a higher risk. Uh, Fred, do you find that to be the case amongst your drivers that you employ? Well, as we were discussing earlier with uh, the one in three uh, Americans are pre-diabetic, and I would think that that uh, parallel would apply to our drivers as well. <clears throat> but based on uh, the the features of the of the you know the symptoms of the people or characteristics of the individuals i think that the rate could actually be higher for school bus drivers and truck drivers from our experience and i think uh, the the sitting or the sitting around being sedentary although it's an active job in terms of being able to uh in terms of the driving itself but in, in essence the body itself is still sedentary in the in, in the chair for long periods of time and then whether they are engaging in exercise, eating properly, uh, I think the parallel applies with how Americans generally eat and take care of themselves uh, with school bus drivers as well. So I think that uh, even a, it's likely to me that the percentage would be greater than one in three that school bus drivers would be pre-diabetic. Great, well, thank you. Um, so. Erin, you spoke a little bit earlier about the um, National DPP program, which is available through AMADA, um, and also who's at risk, in, including school bus drivers. And Fred, you just elaborated on that a little bit more. Um, so Erin, can you uh, describe how you can sign up for the program through AMADA and how long it takes to complete the program and what costs, if any, are associated with signing up and uh, going through? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a wonderful question, and thank you uh, for bringing that up. Um, so right now, through our cooperative agreement with the CDC, um, AADE has partnered with uh, OMADA Health to bring this to CDL holders. Um, so specific to this grant, anyone that's interested in applying for the OMADA program would visit their website um, at omadahealth.com slash H-T-A-A. And once there, uh, individuals will be directed to take a one-minute risk screener to see if they're at high risk for developing type 2 diabetes. In this risk screener, it's going to ask things like, 
you know, age, um, weight, height, have you ever been told that you have prediabetes? Um, it's going to ask like blood pressure levels. Um, and really quickly as you go through, it's going to identify if you're at high risk or if you're not. Um, if you are high risk for developing type 2 diabetes, then you can apply on the spot instantly for the OMADA program. It's a really, really easy process. Um, it takes about five minutes to complete, and it's just going to get asked a little bit more detail about your health history um, and just some questions about, you know, address, demographics, et cetera. Um, once you submit the application, an OMADA health coach will give you a call within a week um, to get you enrolled into the program. Um, a week before the program start date, you're going to be mailed a welcome kit directly to your uh, house or wherever you identify that you want it sent. And in this kit is a wireless smart scale. There's exercise bands, there's tape measures, um, there's some pamphlets. Um, and it's all going to be connected to your account already. The way that you activate it is really just by stepping on the scale, and that will take your initial weight. Um, the great thing about this program, too, is you don't have to have access to Wi-Fi. Um, so you can just step on, and it's automatically going to get sent to their, um, like, database. Um, once the program starts, you're also going to be matched into the small private group. And the way that they match you is by identifying peers that are in similar occupations, at similar stages of life, might have similar interests, um, so that you can really relate to them um, and, you know, bounce ideas or, you know, share the same kind of stresses and how you might cope with them um, and have similar weight loss goals. So you're not, you know, having very drastic weight loss goals. Um, the OMADA program is actually broken into two phases. Um, there's the first phase is the core program, and the second phase is the sustain program. Uh, the core program is 16 weeks long, and on average, uh, participants spend about two hours a week on the course learnings. Um, you'll be able to log into your uh, portal, and each week you get a new topic um, and a new lesson that covers things like healthy food habits, how to increase activity levels, um, how to reinforce healthy habits, um, how to deal with stress, how to read a food label, etc. cetera. Um, once you've completed the initial 16 weeks, you will move on to the SUSTAIN program, and that's for the remainder of the, the year. So um, it's a year-long program, 16 weeks that are weekly, and then you kind of just check in as needed. Um, and you're going to have access to all the original tools and resources. Um, you'll be given shorter weekly lessons that you can log in and try. Um, and you'll be connected to this larger community of OMADA alumni where um, you have the opportunity to reach out and support individuals. Um, so as for the cost, Hannah, that's a great question as well, too. Um, right now, this program is at no cost to individuals holding a commercial driver's license. So it's free to any drivers that are interested in participating in the program. Well, thanks, Erin. That seems pretty straightforward and, and easy to go through. Um, Fred, would you agree um, that, that that's something that your driver's would find easy to complete and participate in? And could you maybe give us some detail on how, as a business owner, you could and should be encouraging this pursuit of driver wellness? 
Well, with regards to the driver uh, being willing to participate in the program, I believe education of the their specific condition um, would be a motivating factor in, in conjunction with the the number of drivers that they see. Not that we disclose the information, but they talk amongst themselves among uh, the drivers who are actually diabetic and who have to manage their diabetic waivers. And so I think with uh, the the you know, recognizing from their doctor that they would be pre-diabetic or maybe taking a test or doing a little bit of research on their own and finding that uh, that they don't want to travel the road that those who have been diagnosed with type 2 uh, have to travel. And so with that, there may be a motivating factor. Um, and once they, once they feel susceptible to having diabetes, and then the encouragement of the of the dispatchers or their supervisors, if you will, or the company itself, uh, that that we are showing that it is for their own good health to participate in the OMADA program, I think would be beneficial to them. Uh, the latter part of your question is how it would benefit our uh, company. And I think uh, some of the examples that we've used in uh, previous discussions is, is that if you could flash forward uh, 10 years from now, and as you said, if they're pre-diabetic now, they they would those conditions would manifest themselves within five years. So if you go five years, five to ten years down the road, and you have uh, a shortfall of drivers of a number of those who are no longer driving as a result of being pre-diabetic, it would be very beneficial if you could go back in time to present day and then actually invest the time, energy, and resources to get drivers to participate in a program that they might be able to circumvent their eventual diagnosis had they done nothing at all. So I think uh, in terms of a staffing issue, I think in terms of a PR issue as well with regards to your own employees that you would be in a position to uh, show that you really do care about them more so than just trying to cover runs. And I think that's where the true benefit is, is that uh, it increases the relationship with your drivers in the short and long term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so sounds like Fred's in, right, Aaron? So, um, <laughs> yeah. so Aaron, can you... <laughs> um, Aaron, can you uh, describe how you would roll out the program at, at Fred's operation or anyone else's operation for that matter? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, whether working with Fred or any other contractors out there, um, it would be a really simple, easy process um, where if you're interested uh, to make this program available to your drivers, uh, we would set up an initial conversation, kind of do a WebEx showing you uh, the platform, what the program looks like, answering any questions that you all might have. Um, and then if you decide to move forward with um, providing this to your drivers, we'd identify the best ways to get the information out uh, about this program to your drivers. And that differs uh, from business to business. So it could be um, sending text messages, it could be doing a webinar, it could be coming on site and enrolling drivers while they're there in person. Um, and there's a variety of ways that we can actually tailor the information to your specific um, company. Um, we can do, you know, tailored train the trainers, tailored flyers, tailored social media ads, a lot of different things. But I think one of the most important things that we can offer is um, getting the 
uh, aggregate level data specific to your drivers. So if you choose to move forward with the program, we would give you all like a special source code. Um, so for Fred, it might be something like uh, phishing um, for his transportation company, um, just so we can identify which of his drivers are enrolling enrolled in the program. Um, and then on a monthly basis, we kind of get like a high-level overview. Everything's de-identified, so there's no patient information being shared. It's very confidential. But we'd be able to tell him, you know, you have five drivers enrolled. Together, they've lost a combined 210 pounds. On average, they're getting 300 minutes of physical activity each week. Um, and so really the first step would be reaching out to our team at AADE. Um, and you can do that uh, by phone or email. And the email address would be dpp at aadenet.org. Um, and we'd set up that initial phone conversation to get the ball rolling. Thanks, Erin. So Fred, I know you talked a little bit earlier about, um, you know, the straightforward and, and ease of the program and, and why as a business owner you'd want to encourage um, your drivers to participate. Do you think that your drivers would be hesitant to participate despite all of this? And, um, you know, is there any way that you found uh, that you can combat um, that fear, that nervousness um, in signing up to, to go through the program? Well, one of the things that we experience with our drivers uh, through the course of time, a little bit off subject, is when we first introduced direct deposit uh, 15 years ago, it was met with, uh, it, it wasn't well received just on, on the surface discussion. And after we educated them as to what it would actually be, they were still hesitant and uh but as they began to experience the benefit of it they then they're on full board and and obviously now uh, direct deposit is a way of life and i and i believe with any new uh activity or requirement and not so much that it would be a requirement is that you um are in a position to uh, do a uh, that you're in. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there by something. Um, we are in a position to uh, educate the individuals uh, as to the benefits, and then once a few of them start doing it and communicating to the others, I think the program then could take legs. Yeah, that, I mean that's great advice, and um, it's hard to think of a time when we didn't have things like direct deposit. Um, but I'm sure it was. It was a little apprehensive for some, just like health is, is apprehensive for, for many. Um, so Fred, while we're on um, the topic of, of it being beneficial, um, can you think of any additional benefits um, you know, to your company as a result of participating in um, AAD's program? Well, one of the things that I think uh, with regards to the, the benefits in addition to the relationships and, uh, you know, keeping your staff healthy in the long run is the relationship with the local school district. If they're aware that you're participating in a program to keep the, uh, that keep the drivers, uh, in good health, uh, I think that that shows, uh, uh, you know, that your, your character as a service provider to the school district 
is that of one of caring to ensure both you fulfill your obligations as a contractor, but also that the children are, are uh, being driven by individuals who are keeping themselves in the best fitness of health that they possibly can. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, Erin, um, you know, do you have any other insights to um, what additional benefits there are in participating in the program? Um, you know, just to piggyback on what Fred had to say. Yeah, I think that Fred brought up a lot of great points, and I think something that really resonates with me that he addressed is this building is higher morale between your employees and just the the people that you work with. You know, a lot of times you spend more time with the folks that you, you work with and your family because that's just the reality of it. And so um, it's just proven that these wellness programs help boost employee morale. Um, they create stronger company culture. They bring employees together um, to really work towards achieving their fitness goals. And, and when Fred said, you know, it takes kind of one to take the leap. And then once they start to share their experience, um, it starts to go on. But once you get that higher morale, just everything kind of flows down from there, you know, healthier behavior. So maybe less sick time being called in, there's less stress, so people are excited to come to work. Um, and I think to Fred's point, a lot of times it's easier to not know if you're at risk or um, if you're at risk for developing any kind of illness. Um, so a lot of people don't, and we call that kind of the fear of finding out. Um, but once you take the chance and empower yourself to, to really learn how to develop these habits, I think a lot of great things come from that. And one of that being just this like higher feeling of community and wellness within your workplace. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I may, um, if, I, if, if I may interject, is one of the concerns that we have is with regards of, as Aaron mentioned, is the concern with their health is the, the not wanting to know. And I also think that uh, um, I, they have a little bit of a privacy issue in mm -hmm. here we are at work, that it, work is a public portion of their life, uh, their health is a private portion of their life, and merging mm -hmm. those two together I think is very uncomfortable for many people. Despite the fact that their health and physicals and diabetic waivers and, and cardiac waivers and TB testing and all of these items are part of the job, <clears throat> I think that diving too much into their into their private portion of their life uh, can provide some hesitation from the drivers as well. Yeah, and Fred, I would definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, something that's great about this program is um, as a contractor, you can offer this, you know, say, hey, this is out there, this exists, and they can go on and, you know, take that screener, and you might never know, you know, you might choose not to see um, the data or how many people are actually enrolled into the program, um, but the difference between the in-person and this online is, you know, it's a lot different bringing this program on site and having everybody share their personal health history or just stresses that they're dealing with that they don't want to bring to the job place. So having that opportunity to enroll in this online community where people are similar to you, but also, you know, aren't going to be seeing you face to face for the next five days in a row um, is a really great option for a lot of individuals. And I think can, you know, kind of ease um, some of that fear and um, hesitation oh to oh enroll. So, 
Great, and thank you guys um, for giving us all that information. That was um, really, really awesome. So we're going to transition now into our Q&A portion. Um, so I'm going to start opening up the phone lines. If you have a question, please feel free um, to ask at will. Um, so, and um, just to give you some contact information as well, um, if you do have questions for Erin that you don't feel comfortable asking um, online, her contact information is here. Or if you'd like to um, ask NSPA a question, our contact information is here as well. So. Um, hi, this is Rich Kelly. I, I, I do have a question um, question for Fred uh, on two lines or two fronts. One, just in terms of uh, you know risk management and and your uh, insurance uh, interaction with your agents and things like that, do you think that this is a sort of program that would actually uh, be the sort of thing that your insurance agent or underwriter might uh, look kindly on in terms of uh, just acting as a responsible employer and hopefully uh, having that reflect on on the quality of your company as an insurer, uh, uh, someone to insure? Uh, well, I believe that um, when we meet with uh, insurance agents and we go over what our different like safety programs are and so on and so forth, and they have an actuarial benefit if you have a safety program in place, it, it would be my impression that they would be receptive to the idea that uh, you're you're taking steps uh, from a, uh, an angle that has not necessarily been all that discussed uh, up to this point that would show that the drivers would be safer while actually out there uh, operating the vehicles, uh, then thus ultimately reducing the possibility for a claim to them which is, you know, is their ultimate goal. And from the perspective of drivers, I know that uh, recruiting new drivers is a challenge and uh, retaining good experienced drivers is also a challenge. Um, so do you see also this uh, um, program and, and the fact that you're promoting it and making it available to your employees as something that would uh, be a positive as you're trying to recruit new drivers to join the company and encourage uh, those experienced drivers to stay. I would think from the from the uh, recruiting aspect, I think it would have to be uh, the, the program would have to have a, have had been established for a little bit to, to demonstrate that it's up and going and that there are some sustained benefits and some and sustained. Uh, positive response from the current drivers that we could then uh, relay back to potential new drivers. Uh, with new recruiting, uh, with the retention aspect of the school bus drivers, I think that in it, with a, in general uh, conversation in, uh, in driver meetings where there's a good give and take uh, and you can address their concerns, um, you know, in, in the present rather than just sending them a you know, a letter in the mail or a note in their paycheck or a text or, or whatnot. I think if you if you present it in a manner, in a form that they can immediately respond to you face to face uh, with any questions or concerns, uh, I think that would help alleviate them getting in. But then as others are starting to hear the concerns are being alleviated by the logical answers that you provide based on those questions, it would give them some comfort and then they would recognize the true benefit of both AADE and also 
the employer in this case being Fishing Creek Transportation. Uh, super, super, thanks. Thank you. Um, I have a question for Aaron here. Um, so, Aaron, is there a cycle that you're following, um, or can anyone sign up at any time? Um, you know, if you're interested and you wanna you wanna kickstart this tomorrow. Yeah. So um, the way that it works under the grant is our grant year runs from October 1st until September 29th. So we're in the uh, the middle of our second year, um, and we have allocated 300 spots uh, for those holding a CDL to enroll. So if you are interested, we still have a lot of those slots open. You can go on today um, in the next five minutes to that website and apply and get enrolled into the program. Um, and it is a five-year grant, so each year we're going to have slots available and open. Um, if you have a larger uh, group of individuals, that's okay too. We want you to share it with everyone. Um, and as the grant funds end after the five years, and this is something you still want to offer, um, that's a conversation that we would partner you with OMADA or any of the other virtual diabetes prevention program coordinators so that you can figure out um, the pricing and next steps on how to get this as a covered benefit um, indefinitely. So. Thanks again, Aaron and Fred. I, um, you know, I think this was great that you volunteered your time to to kind of inform us about the important part of this program and, and why it's so beneficial to our companies. Thanks again for listening in, and we'll see you next week.